you. If you kill, you are a flat. You've got a party hearty, Marty. God. Aren't you supposed to be in the studio? We're on the air. Hey, back. Welcome to Cocktail Cinema. This is a very special Christmas episode. Today we're covering Scrooged. I like this one, man. Now, before we get into everything, let's do some introductions. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. I am here with the Fozzie Bear himself. Well, hello, well, hello. Um, I really like this movie, man. It makes me <laughs> want to cry at the end. Somebody else who really likes this movie, Shasti. What up, what up? Shasti, pleasure to be here. Now that we've now that gotten to know the crew, before we get to the movie, we have a very special drink for you. Now... There is a little bit of history behind this drink, and I'm very proud of it. History. So, Wait, did you say it's a ghost of your past? Yeah, you could say this is a ghost of my past. <laughs> it haunts me. This, this is a drink that I made up for a oh, restaurant that no longer exists. Feature. All right. Um, I was the bar manager at a at a restaurant, and I came up with a Christmas drink called Abuelita's Chocolate. Abuelita? Yeah. I think that so means it's grandma, no? Yep. Yep. So I named it Abuelita's Chocolate because oh, there's. Good. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I feel Spanish. There's a there's here. a Nestle product that they call Abuelitas, and it's like a hot chocolate mix. And I was kind of going for that flavor. Nestle. So, yeah. Nestle, sponsor us, please. <laughs> no, I hate those guys. Now in Abuelita's Chocolate, st- uh, sticking with the <laughs> Hispanic theme, you have an ounce of tequila. Today we're working with Sousa. <laughs> An ounce of chocolate liqueur. You can do Godiva. Um, there's there's a few of them out there. Godiva is probably the most the most well known. Um, an ounce of Irish cream. Two dashes of chocolate bitters. And there you have your drink. Hmm. We're spending our weight in gold and bitters. <laughs> for a while, for a while, I wasn't even allowed to drink tequila, and I'm really not like a big like Bailey's guy or like cream for my cocktails. This is my favorite drink we've done on a cocktail. Oh, so I'm very proud of this. To this one. point, this is my favorite one we've done. And this is your first hope, favorite bartender's <laughs> yeah. drink himself. I hope I don't get hung over off this because I, I don't <laughs> want this to be ruined. Yeah, There's a fair amount of sugar in it, but it's 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 an easy going drink. You know, it's. Um, it, we're having it on the rocks today, but it w- I made it originally as a martini, so you yeah. can drink it up. Um, it's a twist on a Caucasian. Yeah, twi- yeah. A twist on a re- white Russian. When it's just a tad sweeter. Mm-hmm. Just a tad sweeter, and, it, and it's got a little bit more depth than a yeah. white ru- Russian. So yeah, good. and it's a mm. creamy drink without adding cream and watering it down. Yeah, so and I think it, you can use like different uh, types of your Godiva, like you're mm-hmm. like dark chocolate, milk chocolate, white yeah. chocolate. It'll add yeah. a lot of different types of. Uh, Additives, depths. and like mm, obviously with, with this show, we try to make things you know make uh, affordable drinks. So if Godiva or something like that is broke. out of your is out of your price range, there's easy solutions to that. So like you can get a bottle of like uh, chocolate uh, martini additive essentially, and that'll run you like two or three bucks. They do sell that, yeah, yeah, and that stuff like I've made it with that before. And, and there's a million types of of chocolate. Yeah, you know, yeah, de- Kuipers make them. I mean, mm-hmm. even bowls. Yeah, yeah, if you're looking for if you're looking for like affordable uh, liquor and you don't want to no- go name brand, de Kuipers and bowls are the way to go. They make solid product, and they're they're definitely affordable. But that said, <coughs> drinks in hand. <clears throat> let's talk about Scrooged. Wow. Uh, so much like the last movie we. Or last Christmas movie we discussed this month. This came out in 1988. 
It was mm-hmm. directed by uh, Richard Donner of SNL fame. Uh, I would like to point out he did not work at SNL with Bill Murray, but they come from you know Lauren Michaels' family essentially. Okay. His stable. There you, you go. Use the a wrestling stable. term. Um, I, I saved this tidbit and I did not tell the guys this. The soundtrack and the score were written by Danny Elfman. Danny, yeah, Mr. Oingo Boingo himself. Jeez. Again, we're seeing this guy. Yeah, I tell you, man, he's he's got range. We like that guy. Yeah. So this movie had a thirty-two million dollar budget, and it made back uh, one hundred point three million dollars in box office. So mm. a decent success. Okay. The uh, the script writers also worked at SNL with uh, with Murray. <coughs> uh, it it did come to a point where they they were unfamiliar with his ability to improv. So uh, it's famously known that Murray improved the last seven and a half minute monologue, and the when writer. When you're good, you're good. The writer was so <laughs> thrown by it that he was he, he he didn't know what to do. He couldn't figure out how to write that scene. And Murray, on the day of shooting, was like, "I got this. Fuck you. <laughs> Hold my beer. I'm Bill Murray, son of a bitch." Last little behind the scenes thing I have is all four of the Murray brothers are in this movie. Mm. So Bill Murray and his three brothers are in various roles. Funny you say that. I guess I'll take this one over yeah, on the character. Yeah, fire away, bro. All right. So those brothers are Bill, obviously, John Murray, Joel Murray, mm-hmm. and Brian Doyle Murray. So one plays his brother, one mm-hmm. plays his dad, yeah. and dad one plays back, his yeah. brother's friend. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that's like his least favorite brother? <laughs> <laughs> he like kicked him out of the No, family. it's probably fucking the, the guy who played his dad, Joel. Or no, it's Brian Doyle. Brian, yeah. Brian, uh, I never knew that was his dad. He's I, been in so much stuff. I didn't know they were related. Like I've seen Brian Doyle Murray in other stuff, like and like he's he's been in other Christmas movies even, and yeah, that's yeah. where I know him from. But realizing that they're they're related, the it's like, oh, old man. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Man. Well, I guess we'll dive back in. Bill Murray, like I said before, is Frank. Mm-hmm. My Frank bir- Cross. It's my birthday, bro. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Me and Bill Murray have the same birthday. Set to one. Do you remember the 21st night of September? Woo. You even had a song written about you? Yeah, for Shoot. me and Bill Murray. Did you write that out of the womb or before Earth, the Earth, womb? Wind, and Fire, maybe. Prenatal. You truly are the master of the mix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have Carol Kane, um, which I loved her darling aspect. She's the ghost of Christmas Present. Yes. Karen Allen is Claire. <clears throat> His... Uh, on again, off again, kind of girlfriend, his love interest. Um, she was in Animal House. Is like I forgot the name of the characters, but mm-hmm. girlfriend, um, Indiana Jones, a few of those. Yeah, she plays um, Marion, and she was in Sandlot. She, I, I, that blew my mind when I was looking this kind of stuff up. Yeah, Sandlot. She was the that mom. That was a surprise. Yeah. Um, we have David Johansson as the ghost of um, Christmas Past. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in a, like a punk band. Yeah. Back in the day, I think something like the New York Dolls or something. That's kind of he's 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 funky. He was he was on the SNL band too, wasn't he? Is that right? I think so. Well, What's his stage name again? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, he's I forget it. But yeah, I think he was in the SNL band for a while. Jeez. Well, speaking speaking of stage names, we have Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As, I love that guy. As Elliot. Who? <laughs> <laughs> So he was made famous pretty much by the police academies and a few other mm-hmm. hot spots and stuff. Um, John Forsyth is Lou Howard is boss. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfred Woodard is Grace, which is his secretary. Okay. Um, real sweetheart in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, John Glover as Bryce, that fucking guy who comes in to swoop in the job. He, 
speaking of swooping in, I think he played like Superman in a TV show. What was that well, fucking Greg. TV show? Well, Greg, John Glover was famously Lex Luthor's father on Smallville with that long, luscious hair that you don't get to see much in this movie. <laughs> well, he had a haircut, all right. That sweet comb-over lift. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Robert Mitchum is pressed another boss. Um, we had a couple awesome men join us. Mm-hmm. Like Robert Goulet. <laughs> he was in this as a, as a short. They called him Bob Goulet. Right. Um, and Buddy Hackett. Mm-hmm. Buddy Hackett played uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, um, which is pretty awesome. He's a big-time voiceover kind of guy. Did a lot yeah. of work, um, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, all the way through. Um, he played Scrooge in, in the the one that they were shooting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So I guess we'll get into that. He's a little bit more. like he's yeah. He this is America's a, favorite old like, man. It's reading like a book. Scrooge, Scrooge yeah. meet Scrooge kind of thing. So they're writing him. Yeah, I'll let Josh get into this. <laughs> Hell yeah, we'll, my bad. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah, to that. Yeah. Um. So before oh, we no, do, I'm sorry, Miles Davis. Miles Davis lends himself as the trainee of that beautiful. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, gorgeous, voluptuous. <laughs> Dance crew. The the dance crew. Uh, they were an actual dance yeah. crew. Yeah. I, I forget what their name was, yep. but yeah. Um, so real quick before we, because we've all got a lot to say about this movie, I will give a quick uh, speed summary here. So Bill Murray plays a TV executive, and he's kind of a major asshole. And as he's producing a live version of, uh, dear God, Scrooge. The, the, Scrooge. Well, the. Uh, a Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol. Dear sorry, God. I'm sorry. The writer yes. in me is dying. <laughs> <laughs> so is the Dickens. Yeah. So as he's producing a live version of a Christmas Carol, <laughs> he is visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. And much like the Scrooge in the production he was working on, he turns his life around because of these ghosts, reconnects with his the love of his life, and saves a little child, I guess you could say. And then he talks to the audience <laughs> throughout the entire credits. It's good stuff. <laughs> Josh, this is one of my favorites. This one of my favorite movie. Christmas movies ever. And it, and it only lies in the fact of the end point you're talking about, mm-hmm. where Bill fucking Murray is crying. And I guess we're starting at the end. Now. Let's do it. Let's do but it. That's where the whole movie kind of culminates to mm-hmm. me. It's like, I don't know. I'm giddy. I'm giddy here talking about it. Bill no. Murray's crying at the bit because he's no. He, he's totally ad lib at this point. So like mm-hmm. you get to that kind of that rush anyway. Yeah. And he gets really caught up into this, and he's talking to very personally to everyone who's watching. Mm-hmm. Everyone in America. Um, yeah. You know, and and it's crazy because he wanted to leave that part out of it the entire movie. As mm-hmm. far as like he wanted to be as far disconnected from this mm-hmm. as you possibly could be. So. I don't know. That's my favorite Christmas movie just because you really get the sense of Christmas. He yeah. calls out miracles and you know, it's it's mm-hmm. upon you. You want it you want it day in, day powerful. out, day in, day out. You and you're gonna want it and you're gonna strive for it and <sighs> Yeah. That's all I got, Josh. And that's, I mean it's a starting point. There's a very good reason for that. I mean, when you think about a Christmas carol, that is the the climax of the story. So like when Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, wakes up and he's he he's like, What day is it? It's Christmas Day, I haven't missed it. You know, and then he goes out and he does all those good deeds. He he buys Bob Cratchit's family a turkey, and and he he gives him a raise, and he he goes and sees his nephew. So Scrooge turns his life around immediately, and this movie really expands on that idea with you know Bill Murray's character 
not just doing that in his town and with people he knows, but publicly on live national television. He's like, world, I'm a better person because of Christmas. I fucked up and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the blame. But yeah, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry we're starting at the No, climax, that's a great but. place to start because I mean. <laughs> I feel like this whole movie, is, it, it, it's it's re, been redone mm-hmm. so many fucking times, Josh. You know what I mean? Everybody's seen Christmas Carol or any version of it. Scrooge, mm-hmm. Scrooge you know what I mean? We all knew who Ebenezer Scrooge is. Yeah. But Humbug. I feel like this was well, like, there are, the there coolest are, way to do this this yeah. adaptation of it. The three most uh, most remade adaptations, uh, like book adaptations in history, are Robin Hood, King Arthur, and A Christmas Carol. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And good nod there. There's, okay. I mean, it's it, it it just goes to show that this this story has longevity and it's always relevant. Yep. There's even though the the original story is based in like early industrial period England. Yeah, it's kind of like the concepts last. Oliver Twist mm-hmm. version of Christmas. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because that's a Dickens story yeah, too. Of course, like, you know, that was Dickens out of here. He, uh, from what I understand, uh, when Dickens was writing a Christmas Carol, he was he was kind of hung up in the beginning because he was he was kind of on contract and he had to write another book and. Dickens is known for writing about social issues. He's, he, he wrote about, you know, things that needed to change, like Oliver Twist, you know, taking care of the homeless and the orphans and stuff. And in this, in this one, when the idea struck him, he sat down and wrote this book. In, it didn't leave his house. I think it was for two weeks. Didn't move. Only wrote. And when he released it, like, when he set it out, it didn't need to be edited. It was all ready to go, and it was published that year. Like, talk about fucking talent. Right. It's, it's, it, well, then I guess we can draw it back to the same way as a Christmas Carol too. That is the the plan. Kids, Oliver Twist. You know, you're mm-hmm. rooting for the children, and at yeah. the end of this movie and every other Christmas Carol, it's mm-hmm. God bless us, everyone. God bless us, everyone. Tiny Tim. You know. Well, and that, that kind of leads into, uh, along with what you were saying originally, the my main point about this movie, where. I'll, I'll start with I'll start with the God bless us line. So normally that line is shouted from the rooftops mm. at the end, and in this movie it's whispered and it's not repeated. And yes, perfect. That's point. an element of the adaptation that makes this stand out from every other Christmas Carol. Perfect. perfect. Now, for those who will be listening in a, in a week or two, we will have another adaptation of that story that we're going to cover. But the, the, what sets this one apart? is the finesse with which it is adapted is unrivaled. This is second to none. This, this is the only version of this story that takes all of the bones of the original tale and turns it into something bigger. And it's brilliant, brilliant in the fact that mm-hmm. it's right in your front door. This is yeah. a modern day, mm-hmm. boom. I mean, it's, I mean, dive in, dive in, man. Like, no, for sure. It's, it's the things that they stay true to are absolutely essential and the things that they don't have to be true to they put twists on so like in in this movie he's estranged from his brother and in the book and all the other adaptations he's estranged from his nephew but he's got a similar relationship with his brother and it actually plays into like why his brother is having an adult party at home you know ebenezer's not as old in this story you know Mm. bill bill murray's character's what in his 40s yeah, brothers in his roughly. late thirties, and he's <clears throat> they're estranged, and 
You know, it keeps it relatable. You know, it's not some grouchy old man. It's just some TV exec, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and he gives respect to his brother by saying, yeah. like, you know, I, I love to see you. I love you. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, you know, so instead of instead of buying a turkey for somebody's dinner, he gives somebody their job back and he gives them a raise. You know, so that's the Bob Cratchit uh, relationship, even Rub. though the Bob Cratchit character is yeah. someone else. So the twists in this film allow for expanded storytelling because if they had done the Bob Cratchit storyline with his secretary or with his assistant, like logically you would if you were writing this story, it takes away Bobcat Goldthwait's ability to do his job. (laughs) Like if Bobcat Goldthwait was not, was not receiving, (laughs) if Bobcat Goldthwait was not receiving the Bob Cratchit part of the Bob Cratchit story, then we wouldn't have gotten that great scene in you know the recording or in the in the executive booth where he's got <laughs> you know somebody tied up and he's got a shotgun. I'm sure we'll get to that one, right? Oh yeah. But then we've still got the Bob Cratchit side of the story where his assistant has a family and they're struggling, and her son is the one that you know whispers the "God bless us, everyone" line. Absolutely. So splitting that into two roles was brilliant, and a lot of times they combine roles. When you do an adaptation, you just don't have enough room for all those people. So you take all of these different roles and you combine them and melt them down into one person. And here, they were able to split off those individual points and put a finer edge on them because it was two two yes, different characters. Yes, yes, and perfect, perfect. And then obviously you have to go into that was he, he realizes at the Ghost of Christmas Future mm-hmm. and Present. Um, but like, I, I'd like to talk about the ghosts a little bit. Like what? Yeah. If, like it's our Ghost of Christmas Past. Yeah, he's a taxi driver. He's the he's the <laughs> punk guy I was talking about. Uh, he's a prick. That that he's fucking a prick. Guy. But he was the nicest fucking prick. He'd laughing <laughs> loud, fucking right. so good. I mean, you took him to the. So I guess we're moving on. Whatever. Um, yeah. So Bill Murray actually, before becoming an executive, was he wasn't handed this job. He played a fucking right. a dog on a TV show, and he's yeah, yeah, small he, bit. And he broke up with his girlfriend Claire because like I'm trying to get the. Yeah, you know, he had his money on his mind. What this mind happened money. for us? And he's like, no, this is the executive of my company. Blah blah. From there, they're gone. Fifteen years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but that guy showed him this, and he was the funniest motherfucker ever. Yes, yes. it's a dog. It's a bone. It's a bone. You lucky dog. It's a bone. You lucky dog. And go back to Jersey, you moron. Oh my god, so good, so good. So, and they talk about him crying. You know what I mean? Uh, Bill Murray at this point doesn't really believe it. Yeah, you know, and he's like, he thinks he's hallucinating. Yeah, exactly. What did he say? Uh, hallucination. You're you're not real. You're a hallucination brought by, by Russian vodka. Yeah. Chernobyl. Uh, poisoned by Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Perfect. Exactly. That was great. I'm glad you caught onto that one too. <laughs> so fucking good. So fucking good. But yeah, no, he uh, goes on to finally kind of realize that he is. Maybe hallucinating, but it, mm-hmm. there's there's a touch of realness because he's bringing him to his old yeah. past house. You know when mm-hmm. his dad was played by one of his brothers. Right, um, is like he comes home from work and um, he throws a fucking six pound six pound veal roast. Five pounds of veal. Six pound gra- veal a roast. A great present for any. <laughs> no, for sure. And his mom like leaves right after she's pregnant and stuff. And then like he he wipes his tears off in the street, getting back into the cab, saying. You think about inflation, about what that fucking, <laughs> what that five pound piece of milk beef would have cost? Like that's fifty dollar, that's fifty dollar present. <laughs> <laughs> so he plays it off very well. I don't, I don't know. This movie goes back and forth so well. 
truly it does it does i mean i don't know no you're 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 spot on because not only do we have scrooge's story going on so in the original christmas carol all this happens in the middle of the night so like he gets visited by a ghost then he goes back to sleep in this story, we've still got the... Like, it's on the day of the production. Yeah. It's so he gets visited by the first, at, uh, first ghost at noon. And then he comes back and everybody thinks he's been on a bender. Because he's losing his mind. He's acting drunk or high. And they've already replaced him. And he's disrupting the sound check and the rehearsals <laughs> before the event. <laughs> I love it. When he, when he snaps in, he's like, I don't know what's... And you... You bitch! <laughs> he screams at whatever the hell her name was. One of the girls that Ebenezer Scrooge was talking to. Oh my god. I love the, another Another additive to this movie is the mm-hmm. language allowance into this because it's, it's, yes. it's kind of a wholesome. It's a wholesome adult wholesome, movie. But yeah. they like, when, when Death meets him in the elevator, he's like, do it, you pussy. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just that random stuff. I love like, that fake out too. Like, it's not the actual ghost of christmas past the first time yeah. so he's he's like not even sure that it's the, the ghost the second time he meets him until he opens up the guy's cape and there's mm. like dead people underneath his ribs <laughs> is that our guys do we do that <laughs> such a uh, such a good good playoff i mean this is this is the quintessential adaptation i i mean i i've said similar things about you know things like scott pilgrim and stuff but this movie it's it's very unique because of the way it interacts with the with the the source material. It's not just a straight adaptation. It's an adaptation and an addition. So in that universe, the Christmas Carol exists as a book and it's been made into other movies. So now he's living the story while producing the story. So it's kind of meta. It's got those elements. You yeah, get yeah, 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 yeah. you you get why he's confused and why he feels like he's on a bad trip. You know? Stressed out. <laughs> right. He's been poisoned. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. All right. So, Ghost of Christmas present. Right. I love this chick. Yes. She's amazing. Probably my favorite part of the movie. This is basically her character from uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, just with fairy wings. <laughs> She's not you. Use- Touch me again. <laughs> I'm going to rip your goddamn wings off. Okay. Oh, man. She comes oh, in. Oh, I like the rough stuff, don't you think? Jingle, jingle, jingle. God, I love her so much. <laughs> like in, all right, we're going back into Josh's kink corner. I'm not totally on board with Josh's her. Josh's kink corner. There's something about her that is just strangely attractive. Like just, she, you, you like abuse. You say like abuse. I'm pretty sure. Like, I you, fucking hate her. You fucking hurt her right away. Like she, she's into so the rough much. stuff, and it's yeah. like it's pretty fucking obvious. Yeah. You want to be punched across you the know, fucking I face. Like the I, don't, I like being in charge. Okay, you know what? I, there are people who, who Josh, are listening that don't want to hear this. This is not a family show. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> my my mother-in-law listens to this. <laughs> I got to be careful. She's your mother-in-law. Well, she's the mother of the mother of my child. I mean, it's just easier to... You know what? We're getting way <laughs> off track. <laughs> another, I don't want to say the K word. I love again. you, Violet. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, you like to be kicked across the face because that's right. how you're introduced for. Her. She comes floating in. She, she kicks him in, in in the nuts. Oh, the nuts! First. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah the nuts. <laughs> and before he can say balls, she like grabs his lip, like censoring him. Baby. She she fucked up his like his gum mm-hmm. when she did that, and they had to take off for like a day and a half. Or yeah, she tore his she yeah. tore his lip. 
No fucking shit. Yeah, she, she was, got it good. She was ripped up about it too. Like no wonder after you got she a would kink. film her, <laughs> after she would film her scenes, like Bill would have to console her because she was crying. She didn't like being so violent. But he was also like. I'm gonna take a day off. Right? Like, I'm ad libbing all this shit. I got to figure out the last ten minutes of the movie. You know right. what I mean? He so, probably respected the shit out yeah, of that. Yeah, I don't think there's yeah, any hard feelings, rip. but that's a true thing. Mm-hmm. He had to he had to take a yeah. day off, and I'm dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was, it was worth it. It was that's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Bill Murray has said, this is one of the projects he's most proud of. That's good. Even even though like he's because it was so new forward, writers, it's emotional. And, it's emotional as fuck. It hit home to him on some kind it of level. Did. It's clear. And so regardless of the, the struggles that he had personally on set, like he was, he's notoriously difficult to work with, but he was less difficult to work with on, on this set from all, from all accounts. seems like it was kind of his show. Mm-hmm. Well, from what you said earlier, um, and the, the writer and the director had an interview, I think a couple of years, maybe four years after this movie came out and they said, you know, working on Scrooge, we realized Bill Murray is not directed. He just needs to be stopped. <laughs> nice. So, like, you have to figure out well, when you stop Bill Murray. You don't stop Bill. Because, like, he's. I mean, with even with his friends, he's known as the Murricane. <laughs> you know, and there's, there's. We'll get to Groundhog Day, and that's going to be a great Murray story. Heck yeah! But with, with Chevy one, along, right? Woo. That was a show. There's some callbacks to to Kenny oh, yeah. Shack throughout this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. He was. I, I guess one of the things the golf, that also I kept mean, his him. Boss, yeah. That kept him kind of on on the straight and narrow was this was the first movie he did where he was the sole lead. Like before this, like he had like Ghostbusters, he had three other guys with him. Uh, I think Caddyshack came before this, and that was like he wasn't the lead. Yeah. So he was a little nervous walking oh, into yeah. this. When you when uh, Claire gave him the Kama Sutra book, he says <laughs> it says there's a place that you touch and it'll make the woman bark like a dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's what he says yeah. in, <laughs> in Caddyshack. Jesus Christ. He says that in Ghostbusters too. Maybe that's just one of his lines. Yeah, I think that's just one of his lines. I'm, I'm gonna I'm just, and I'm gonna touch a woman wherever she goes. Bark. Make make her bark like bark. a dog. Yeah. I am sure. And it, him flipping through the comments, we've done that, done that. I got a buddy that, that did that. Yeah. We gotta turn her over and see if she's a female. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is all ad lib, Bill Murray. The <laughs> whole movie. Be. It's yeah. gotta be. I mean, you're telling me that he had to fill in pretty much the last 15 minutes of the movie. Right. It's like, we've covered enough to know that like, that's the value of the actor you're getting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, his, his love interest, Claire, um, she's probably used to that too. Because like I said, she was on Animal House. Mm-hmm. And like that movie was completely like shit yeah. show ad lib. So she's used to that bonkers type mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. And she's worked, speaking of Animal House, she's worked with SNL guys. So she knows how they function. Yeah. yeah. So she's probably the perfect person for this role. She's very subdued. Very laid back, like it, even more so than in the opening scenes of, or her opening scenes of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Granted, that bar scene, she does whoop some ass, but when she's speaking, <laughs> she's she's laid back and reserved. Because in that movie, she's like supposed to be a seventeen year or eighteen year old girl, I think. And here, she takes that energy and dials it back even further to where she's not a manic pixie dream girl. She's the dream girl. Manic pixie dream. She's the girl. one that got away for yeah. everybody. 15 you know? years later, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he, the, the phone dialed her. After yeah. The, you know, after yeah. The, I think it wasn't, it wasn't even after the first ghost. It was before, it was before it was at, the first ghost. It was, yeah. it was when his, when his old boss came back, like the golfing mm-hmm. guy, like, yeah, with the golf, the, the, the warning, out of his head. the warning, you know, Lou. shoots him, shoots him. And, um, yeah, Lou, <laughs> And he's like, uh, freaking out. Calls yeah. calls Claire. And something's happened. Blah, blah, blah. I need you to call me back right now. It's the first time he's called her in 15 years. Mm-hmm. But that's the 
The call was already being made for him. So I have a question there, and this is this is kind of stepping on Shasti's toes for fan theory, but I have I want to know: Do you think Lou dialed that phone number, or do you think the Ghost of Christmas Past dialed that number? Ooh. I think Grace. Grace. <laughs> Grace is the receptionist. She just dialed it, and he. She wasn't there. She was at home with her well, kids. Like I said, we said Stoli, Chernobyl. <laughs> there maybe there was a little bit of. Radiation. I think it was. I personally, I think it was the ghost of Christmas Past making his first, you know, invisible appearance. Like he's like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this guy see this girl later. Let's have him talk to yeah, him. Yeah, bring back all those old yeah, memories. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe it's the future. Maybe it's death. Ooh. Maybe it's death because it's also possible. Everything touches on that phone call. Mm-hmm. Everything gets brought back. The from, whole story hinges from, on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, past, present, and future. Well, and that's another one of those things where they they expanded on on the story because obviously Ebenezer Scrooge doesn't like meet up with his old love interest. She's married and moved on in this story. Bill Murray gets a chance like between ghosts or even is it before the first ghost or is it after the first ghost? Both. Both. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So in between all of the ghosts, he's still got a, a separate story arc going with that girl. And it's one of the things that makes this movie so much stronger than its source material, which is high praise because we're talking about a fucking Dickens book. It's impressive. Bill Murray made that Dickens joke. <laughs> Did you get? I'm sorry to break it up. As soon as you ended, I'm like, like Bill Murray just stopped and said, "Scare the Dickens out of him." <laughs> right? nobody, nobody gets it. He said no, it no, no, again. No. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. I had to cut it up like that. My bad. No, it's oh, good. It's perfect. My brain, my that brain was, knows that was the execution in the movie too. That's exactly <laughs> right. It. it just it, it makes those hard turns, and it's it works. It's hard to do those hard turns, man. You can't drift like that in any other movie. Fast and Furious, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first one. Buddy <laughs> Hackett. Yeah. <laughs> Canny. Screech. Uncanny. Kenny Hackett, mm. Buddy Hackett, Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Willie, Willie <laughs> Arm Hackett, <laughs> Willie Arm Wackett. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just go on Christmas? I yeah, I think I think we made a Christmas movie third year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that might be the moment where we go into our next segment. Let's do it. Y'all got y'all got any any fan theories? Any last thoughts before we do rating? Uh, Greg, you got any? No fan theories. Obviously, I'll wrap I'll wrap that part up real quick. Obviously, this movie has a lot to talk about, and there's a lot to be said. But I think this is one of those rare occurrences where I think you should go watch the movie and make your own decisions rather than listen to what we have to say about it because it's going to speak differently to you than it did to all of us because I took something different away from it than Greg did and Shasi took something different away from what I took away from it so I think it's important that yeah obviously we want you to listen to the episode but you definitely need to go see this movie and figure out what it means to you I can tell you what it meant to the people at Rotten Tomatoes they were not pleased (laughs) the Rotten Tomatoes score is 71% so in keeping with our new segment out of 100 tacos, 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 Greg, what's your score? 100 tacos, tacos, tacos. I'm going to give it a 84.3 taco level. Really? Okay. And I will also, like we did before, give a asterisk on the 
Choco one, Tacos? Uh, the Choco Taco, 100% my favorite Christmas movie. Okay. Okay. I'm giving I'm giving this a solid 80 tacos. Okay. Cool. Um as far as Christmas tacos? <laughs> How many Choco tacos? I think we're going 85. Fair. 85. Fair. I feel bad Bill Murray like I said is my birthday bro. Mm-hmm. He's he's my boy. <laughs> I loved him and everything and I I feel bad because, like Greg said, he's he's like this it's is what just, he's, it's just he's my most, favorite. He was most proud of coming out of like all these other movies with supporting actors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's I on my on my regular tacos 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 score. Yeah. I'm actually gonna rate this higher than you guys for a change. Mm. I'm gonna put this at 91 solid tacos. 91, nice. 91 supreme tacos. Nice. Yeah. 91. This is my zero. Yeah, this is this is my first. Above ninety score. Am I like out of line by going with uh, decimals? No, no, you're good. No, you're fine. As far as Choco Tacos go, I think I'm going <laughs> to agree with you guys and say it's uh, it's up there. It's probably a ninety-eight Choco Tacos for Christmas movies. Cool. Ninety-eight. It's one of the best Christmas what, movies I think. What was your I well, I, I went with you and said I think I said a hundred. This is my favorite. It's, it's my favorite. My favorite Christmas. Well, that's movie. what I said for. That's what I'm saying. I went with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's that's mine. I don't know. This movie gets to me, man. It, it really pulls at my heartstrings um, from the beginning to the end, and especially the end. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about the ad lib. Yeah, I talked about it at the beginning. Man, it's making me. It's making me want to talk more. It makes me want to yeah. cry. You know what I mean? It makes me want to fucking get on some level. You know? I think that's that's before we wrap up. That's important. You know, and this is one of those movies that makes you want to talk about it more. So yeah, we could sit on the mics and talk for hours about makes what this talk movie about does. It. It makes me want to talk Choco Taco about it. And I, Best burgers in town. Sorry, I had, that was the worst joke I had I will, to. I will not do this often because I, I, I like the sound of my own voice, apparently. But I, I think this is one of those movies where it's like, you know what? You don't need to hear all of my opinions about it. What I've said is this is one of the best adaptations ever made. This is the best adaptation of Go this story. It. Go watch it. Yeah. And make if your you own, like yeah. or don't like Christmas... Go watch it. This yeah. movie's for you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, this is... I probably recommend this movie more than I recommend any of the movies we've done so far. It's turning up a humbug into a hamburger. Yeah. And I am definitely <laughs> a <hungry>. humbug hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've we've talked about how I don't, I don't like holidays, and I love this goddamn movie. It makes you want to love everything and everybody around yeah. you. It makes <clears throat> you feel that Christmas feeling. <clears throat> Christmas. Got that Christmas feeling. <laughs> All right. That said... Let's do some plugs, bitches. Mm. What did you call me? <laughs> I love my bitches, though. Oh, no. <laughs> you're, he's an, you're he's my an Ebenezer. Bitches. He's an Ebenezer. <laughs> All right. We'd like to shout out our patrons on Patreon. We see you. We hear you. We love you. This month's for you. It's going to be the Absolutely. end of the end of the year. Right, Josh? Could, yeah. Yeah. This is this is one of our December episodes. We're, we're coming up on the end of the year, in the holiday season, in the spirit. And... If you'd like to join our, our Patreon and be one of our exclusive fans, you can head on over and support the podcast directly. And with that, you'll get exclusive episodes. Uh, you'll have exclusive access to a couple of our video projects. Um, we, we try to post with you guys as often as possible. You'll have early access with uh, access to our podcasts. Usually they come out a few days early. Um, there... And there's some, some exclusive merch there. Speaking of merch, mm. we also have a Teespring store. We come to the strange conclusion 
Um, by the time this airs, our Crispy Boys, Lucifer and the Crispy Boys design will be up and available for sale. Oh, We've also got our Master of the Mix design, the first favorite bartender, third favorite author, and Bacon is the base of music, along with a couple of others. I bought myself a thong today. Yeah, it looks I, great. He's I wearing just, it right now. I just wore, I wore it backwards today. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off today. See, this is why I you need to tweet. Happens. This is why you need to tweet. No, okay. It's the Christmas spirit. It's a mistletoe right above it, but it's backwards. It's my, so it's all Is, is that what they spray it? No, like just like regular mistletoe. This is my new adaptation of mistletoe. <laughs> Over the thicker, right, thicker, 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 an open book. No, Would the book that you're opening happen to be the one that I wrote? It's yeah, the last I just, chapter. I just kind of it's opened. the last chapter. You know, I, I, I read this thing, and it's, it's it's a joy. We should spread the word. It is a joy. So I wrote a young adult fantasy novel called Reaper. Um, it involves a whole lot of mythology and a whole lot of fun. You, you can find it in hardcover, paperback, and ebook on Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, anywhere online you buy your books. And keep your earballs peeled for an audiobook in 2021. And feel free to give your tacos on that book. Yeah. Speaking of, like, obviously, yes, review my book. <laughs> <laughs> review my book. It definitely helps me go further. But like, rate, subscribe to the podcast, uh, comment. Same thing with the YouTube channel, which is up and running now. Um, on our YouTube channel, you can see our show thesis statement. And uh, soon we'll have our live episodes up there, as well as possibly a new series after the new year. We've been talking about talking about directors between me and Greg. And speaking of Greg, Gregarious, where can we find you not tweeting? The Frostcaster. That's what it is. No, all, all things aside, uh, just, we're growing towards the end of the end of the year, and there's going to be a lot of changes coming through mm-hmm. with everything that's going on, and we appreciate your support, whether it's monetary listens and like the things that Josh got into. Can't say it enough. Have a great holiday yes. season, and God bless you all. And kick it over to the master of the mix. Yeah, you guys find me at Shasia Bands, uh, B A N D Z at Twitter and IG. It's a pleasure. Thanks. As always, I'd like to point out that the music in our podcast is produced, often written and performed by Shasti himself and a few of his friends. Our man Greg plays bass on a few of these tracks here and there. So you can uh, you can keep your ears peeled for that as well. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, and say goodbye. Then you, then it can happen. Then the miracle can happen to you. It's not just the poor and the hungry. It's it's everybody who's got to have this miracle, and it can happen tonight for all of you. If you believe in this spirit thing, you, you the miracle will happen, and then you'll want it to happen again tomorrow. You won't be one of these bastards who says Christmas is once a year and it's a fraud. It's not. It can happen every day. You just gotta want that feeling, and if you like it and you want it, you'll get greedy for it. You'll want it every day of your life. And it can happen to you. I don't, I believe in it now. I believe it's gonna happen to me now. I'm ready for it. And uh, it's great. It's a good feeling. It's, it's really better 
that I've felt in a long time. I... God. Aren't you supposed to be in the studio? We're on the air. Hey.